welcome to The Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to be in John chapter 19, verses 28 through 37. We're going to see the death of Jesus. And before we jump into this text, I want to thank the family leader for being our Daily Dose devotion sponsor. Chapter 19, verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it up to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. So there's a lot going on here, and we're going to see more of this. John is in a mode of pointing out specific details surrounding Jesus' crucifixion and death, which accord with Old Testament prophecies, many of these hundreds of years old, even more than a thousand years old. And John is doing this to give credibility to the fact that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. And so this reference to Jesus saying, I thirst, which John points out as a fulfillment of scripture, refers likely to a passage in Psalm 69, 21. It's also interesting to note that some scholars think that this jar of sour wine would have been there at the crucifixion site for the Roman soldiers to quench their own thirst. And this sour wine is different than the wine mixed with myrrh, which Mark writes about in chapter 15, which was offered to Jesus as a sort of sedative. Another interesting note about this sequence is that it is lifted up to him, this sponge with sour wine on it, it's lifted up to him on a hyssop branch. Well, hyssop is a plant that was actually referenced in Exodus when the Israelites were getting ready to escape from Egypt. They used this plant, hyssop, to sprinkle the blood of an unblemished lamb over the doorpost so that the angel of death, which was the tenth plague against Pharaoh, that this angel of death would pass over the homes of the obedient Israelites. This was ultimately the plague that caused Pharaoh to finally send the Israelites out of Egypt. Of course, they escaped across the Red Sea, and of course, that exodus is a foreshadowing of the escape that any of us who put our faith and trust in Christ will partake in, an escape from slavery to sin. It's interesting that this hyssop branch, which was used in the Old Testament to sprinkle blood over doorposts so that Israelites could be made free, is also the plant that is on the scene when Jesus is spilling his blood so that believers can be set free. And it's almost certain, given how John has been writing, that he is including this detail on purpose to make that exact point. At the end of verse 30, when it says Jesus said it is finished, he's referring to his work on earth, what he came here to do. He had to live a perfect life. And then he had to pay the punishment for sin. And when he says it is finished, he's most likely referring to the fact that the punishment he had to endure for sin is over. His rescue mission to earth is complete. All the requirements of God's righteousness and justice have been satisfied in him. When it says he gave up his spirit, that's not the Holy Spirit, but that's his own spirit, which left him and was with God until it was reunited with him at the resurrection. Verse 31, since it was the day of preparation and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that the legs might be broken so that they might be taken away. 
So this is on a Friday, and the Jewish Sabbath is on Saturday. And this is a special Sabbath because it's the Passover Sabbath. They celebrate that once every year. And there's some Old Testament ceremonial law that this is intended to satisfy. They don't want these bodies hanging up on the cross during the Sabbath. They want to get these bodies taken care of before the Sabbath comes. And because with crucifixion, criminals could hang on a cross for days before they died, a way to hasten their death would be to break their legs because then they're no longer able to push their bodies up and breathe and pretty soon they're their arms become weak and they asphyxiate. Verse 32, so the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus, they saw that he was already dead. They did not break his legs, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true and he knows that he is telling the truth that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled, quote, not one of his bones will be broken. This is a reference to Psalm 30. 34:20 and Exodus 12:46 and Numbers 9:12 and again another scripture says they will look on him whom they have pierced and this is a fulfillment of a text from Zechariah 12:10 so think about this. God, in his providence, had these scripture writers from hundreds or more than a thousand years ago write down certain things that related to the death of the Messiah, the crucifixion of Jesus. And then when it actually took place in real time, these details were meticulously fulfilled. If Jesus hadn't died before they were going to come break his legs, then his bones would have been broken and that prophecy would have been incorrect. And if Jesus hadn't died before they came to break his legs, they wouldn't have pierced his side to make sure he was dead seeing that water and blood flowed separately, which is, as science would tell us today, another indication that Jesus was, in fact, physically dead. And so all these things that John alludes to, all these fulfilled prophecies are kind of like breadcrumbs, clues, reasons to believe that God leaves behind for us. There's no question that trusting Jesus Christ, receiving him, believing in his name, it requires faith. But it's not blind faith that God requires of us. It's not unreasonable faith. It's not faith where you have to check your rational mind at the door and believe in a bunch of nonsense that is unsupported or unsubstantiated in any way. These breadcrumbs of Old Testament prophecies that John helps us connect the dots to, they're evidence of God's love for us, of God's graciousness toward us. These details and these references help us to have faith more easily. I got to tell you that I myself am by nature a skeptic. I'm not just going to believe this stuff because it's how I was raised or how the preacher that I grew up with and liked told me it was. In order for me to put my trust in Christ and build my life around God's word, I've got to be convinced that it's absolutely true. And I can tell you that I've asked about every tough question that I can come up with. I've wrestled many times and over and over the conclusion I've drawn from texts like this one today and other facts and evidence that we have surrounding Jesus' death and resurrection, that it's true. It really happened. Furthermore, it provides the only viable solution to our problem of sin. It's the only way that humans could be reconciled to a just and holy God. I hope that these passages today build your faith. I hope that you're more convinced of the truth of the gospel, the truth of God's word each and every day. And I hope that inspires you and propels you to be more committed to living for Christ standing for truth in the circles where you work and live. Come back next time for more. Thanks for tuning in and have a great day. This is The Daily Dose, a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify Podcasts or download the free Christian Crusaders app and share with a friend. 
Also, prayerfully consider supporting our ministry at ChristianCrusaders.org, where you can find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, airing on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions, the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they are bringing all three together, honoring God and blessing our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight another special ministry partner, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Check out conference videos and schedule of events online at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. Thank you for listening and may God richly bless you.